700 years before the message of the angels on that night. 700 years before, there was a prophet named Micah. And Micah spoke about a ruler coming, said he will come out of Bethlehem, one whose origins are from old, from ancient times. It says Israel will be abandoned and they will be walking in darkness until this, until this woman bears a son. It says he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord and in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. His greatness will reach the ends of the earth. And that's good news for us, ladies and gentlemen, because his greatness has reached us right here in Platte City, Missouri. We gather tonight because of his greatness. 700 years after Micah's prophecy, God sent an angel to a virgin named Mary. She was pledged to be married to a man. We know his name was Joseph. And it just so happens, which by the way, there are no coincidences. There are no, like, how did that happen? Was there a purpose to this? By coincidence, it says that Joseph was from the family line of the King David. David who killed Goliath, the great story. Joseph was from his family. And it was significant that that was the case for one reason, because Joseph had to go back to the place where his family was from, and it just happened to be a little town called Bethlehem. And that's where they had to go back to register, to be counted. Which, by the way, there is a, an attendance book that we, we send around. And uh, we don't sell your information to anyone. <laughs> but if you would like to let us know that you're here and how many people are here with you, we're, we're collecting a census, if you will. And if you, uh, if you have a prayer request, you want us to pray about something, about something's going on in your life, or something exciting that's going on and you want us to know, or if you just want to give us some more information about your family, take one of those cards, fill it out, and then you can place it in the offering basket as you leave. So let's look at the story. It's a very familiar story from the, the book of Luke, chapter 2. It's a story that some of you might be able to recite because you did it in a children's program when you were younger, or you've heard it already this year, or this Christmas season, heard it last Christmas season. By the way, we love little kids, and we're glad they're all in here with us, okay? Don't feel bad about them being in here and making noise, and I know you're like, I'm just trying to keep them corralled, that's okay. If you want to let them run, just keep them inside this room, all right? Otherwise, just let them run around up here, that's fine. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So for them, it would be all of the Kansas City area, <laughs> All the surrounding areas come to one place to have a census taken. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, whom he was pledged to be married to him, and she was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the angels um, says the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, can you imagine what they really said to one another at first? Whoa! (laughs) That was something. That has never happened in all the nights that we've been out here. We've never seen anything quite like this. It says, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word considering, or concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The time came, it said, for the baby to be born. The perfect time in history. Not a coincidence that it happened to be at this time in this perfect place for a perfect baby to be born. But he was more than a baby, right? He was more than a baby. He was a, he was a king. A king born to rule the hearts of man. He was a wonderful counselor, it says. He was a prince of peace. He was a mighty God. He was a king born to die in order that we might live. Last night, last night we watched, this is the first time in all of, the, all of my 46 years of existence that I watched It's a Wonderful Life from the beginning to the end. <laughs> I, I usually caught it somewhere in the middle when the angel shows up, you know? I just, you know, it, and I, but we sit down and we watched it and I, and I just have to be honest with you. At first I was like, oh, I don't know. I'm tired. I, I got to work on my sermon and and then I thought, no, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's watch this. And so, how many of you, let's just say this. How many of you have not seen It's a Wonderful Life? Raise your hand. All right. Now, for, for the few of you, <laughs> un-American, no, just kidding. I'm <laughs> just messing with you. I encourage you to watch it because it really is, there's a great message in this, this film. And, and I'm not, I won't be a spoiler for those of you who haven't seen it, but there is a part in there where, George Bailey, one of the main characters in in the movie, obviously, was given an opportunity to look at his life as if he had never been born. Now, immediately, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to look at the person next to you and try to imagine what your life would be like if they had never been born. Yeah, none of us would be here. That's right. But like, say, half of you, one of you had been and the other one hadn't been. How different would your life be if somebody significant in your life had not been born? How different would your life be? Now, siblings, do not look at your sibling and think, man, my life would be great (laughs) if you had never been born. I would have twice the amount of stuff I have now. I would never have to share. But I'll tell you what, though, you would still have to take out the trash all by yourself because my youngest daughter realized after they all went off to college and left the, the nest, She's the only one left. 
This is not fair. Why do I have to take out the trash? This is not fair. But her mother and I, we help her. Because she's our baby and we got to love her, right? That's right. Oh. So George Bailey, he, he, he had a chance to go and look at his life and look at the effects. He got a chance to see what a difference he made in the lives of other people. And if he wouldn't have been there, their lives would have been completely different. Completely different. Now, wouldn't it be awesome if we had that opportunity? It encouraged me as a dad and as a husband and as a, a pastor in this community. Would things look different if I wasn't here? I mean, obviously, my family would be completely different. They wouldn't be nearly as good looking without me in it. But what if Jesus had never been born? If there was no baby in a manger, there would be no Savior on a cross. If there was no Savior on a cross, there would be no resurrection. And if there was no resurrection, there would be no hope, no peace, no joy, and no love. And none of us would be here tonight. <laughs> we wouldn't have a reason to gather. There'd be no purpose in it. But the Scripture says God so loved the world that He gave as a gift His one and only Son, right? To receive this gift that says that we must believe this good news that is called the Gospel. And tonight, just in a few moments, in the few minutes that we have together, I want to share with you the basic message of the good news of Jesus Christ. Because you know what? That is the best gift I can give you tonight. I have nothing else that would make any kind of difference in your life. Even if I gave you all a million dollars, it would be great for a while. Some of us would probably ruin our lives with it. Some of us would probably invest it and bless other people. We don't know. But the gospel, the reason why Jesus came to earth goes like this. God created you to be with him, ladies and gentlemen. Did you know that? The whole reason this person sits next to you is to be with God. More than just taking out the trash, my daughter was created to be in a relationship with her creator. Not just to be in our family, not just to produce things at school or at work or whatever it is that she's called to do. She was called to be loved by the one who gave, gave her life. That's it. That's the number one reason she exists. And that's the number one reason you exist. And if you figure that out, even at a, your, a young age, little, little people that are listening, once you figure that out, that makes all the difference in the rest of your life. It changes everything. But the Bible says that we all messed up. We've all, we all have things in our life that cause us to, to be separated from God, the one who created us to be with him. And, it, and the O in gospel is our sin separates us from him. It just does. When we have issues with each other in our homes, in our relationships, in our families, it causes distance and we isolate from one another. And that's what happened in the beginning with mankind. And the S in the gospel is that your sin cannot be removed by good deeds. You cannot be the best person on the naughty, in the naughty and nice list. You can't be at the top and it be good enough. Your sin cannot be fixed by good deeds, by just being a good person. I try to be the best person I can possibly be, and I fall short a lot. I mean, I try hard, and I think because I was in other people's lives, I've made a difference, but that's not enough. So what happens? Where does that leave us? It leaves us with the P. It leaves us with the purpose of Jesus' life, the reason why he came in the first place, because paying the price for sin, Jesus died, and he rose again. That's the reason we celebrate Christmas. 
Ladies and gentlemen, do not leave Jesus in the manger. Matter of fact, this manger is empty for a purpose. And the cross is empty for a purpose because it says that everyone who trusts in the death and the resurrection of Jesus will have eternal life. And L, life that is eternal, starts the moment that you receive the best gift of all and it lasts forever. You will not get a gift this year, ladies and gentlemen, that will last you forever apart from Jesus Christ. And you say, well, how, how can you say that for sure? I mean, how do you really know that? You know what? I'm betting everything I have on it. Everything I have. And if I'm wrong, then I've just lived a good life and I've made a difference and helped a lot of people along the way. And then I become ashes just like you. But if I'm right, I win. I would encourage all of us to consider this gift that is offered to us. And the crazy thing is it's offered to us every single day of our life, even in the midst of us not wanting anything to do with that gift, God demonstrates his love for us and giving it to us anyway. Isn't that amazing? Some of you will get gifts this year that you don't deserve, but you'll get them anyway because your family loves you, or you'll give them anyway because you love your family. God offers us the greatest gift of all. The team's going to come, and we're going to... Um, we're going to do a song, a couple songs actually, and here's how it's going to work. And I want you to, as we are finishing up the last part of our time together, I want you to consider this question, this gift that God has for you called eternal life. He places it in front of you tonight and he wraps it in a beautiful gift called Jesus. And I want you to ask yourself the question, have you opened it? Will you go home and leave gifts unopened? I think not. Don't leave this gift unopened for very much longer in your life. Today could be the day that you find out what your life is really all about and the purpose God has for you. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing.